10 seconds before I hit record, I asked Craig, I said, what's on your mind to talk about today? And he said, I want to fucking fight. <laughs> Episode 311. You know now, why? I, I don't know why. My life, my life is about, you know, friends and golfing and stuff like that. And uh, I had a, I had a friend. I wouldn't even call him a friend. This, this acquaintance that I have phoned me up yesterday. Called me up yesterday. No, he didn't call me up. He sent me a text. And uh, he said, can you golf at 10-10? Uh, oh, are you not golfing today? <laughs> Apparently not, Andrew. <laughs> um, and uh, so uh, I, I'm, I'm just looking at the etiquette of this. I'm looking at the etiquette of, of how this all works. Because I'm, you know, I... I I would do. Is there etiquette to schedule changing? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's what really, I'm asking. Listen, hey, I'm we, asking: Is there an etiquette to schedule changing in golf? We shouldn't talk because we have a friend that listens to our show that did a, a hell of a lot of work for for us recent, recently, and we were supposed to have lunch with him yesterday at one o'clock. <laughs> one o'clock, and I I called you at two, and I said, "Weren't we supposed to have lunch today?" At... <laughs> Listen, unless that lunch so here in no is uh, written on my hand, um, I'm probably going to miss it. But uh, uh, anyways, I'm sorry about that. We'll uh, reschedule. Anyway, <laughs> going back to the golf thing. I want to know, you know, what is the golf etiquette here? When you have someone, an acquaintance, wouldn't call him a friend. Acquaintance call uh, text you and basically say, "Hey, can you golf at ten ten And this is um, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at his uh, looking at his text right now. Just want to make sure what time what time did he send it yesterday? Ten thirty seven a.m. a.m. That's a twenty four hour notice. So listen, I mean, it is uh, ten a.m. Or ten thirty seven, I get a text. Can you golf tomorrow at ten ten? Some of us work. Some of us has things going on in their lives. Some of us don't have their phone on their hip twenty four seven. I get back to them. Is this too late? I, I'm asking you because I'm trying to figure this out right now. Is it too late? At two thirty two, he texts me at ten thirty seven. I get back to him at 10.32 or at 2.32. I'm confused. He gets back to me and said, sorry, you've been booted. Took too long. Wow. That's a short yeah. window. That's a short window for a response. Yeah. Well, listen, I mean, if it was a friend, I would have said, no problem. Everything's good, but it's an acquaintance to me. So I just said, good. Didn't want to play anyway. You were actually pretty excited to play today. I was super excited to play today. I haven't played a whole lot of golf because I was up up north at the cottage and I spend far too much money uh, playing this stupid game of golf. Um, and um, yeah, you said a I was really excited to play game. today. And I guess I guess a four hour window when a, someone asks you at ten thirty seven, and you get back to them at two thirty. I guess that's too big a window. I guess you have to reply immediately. Is that it? Number one faux pas in golf. Maybe they found out you wear a white belt. Do you wear a white belt when you golf? 
Uh, I do. And uh, I know I that you it. have a bit of an it. issue with that. And I got I an issue with that's the white horseshit. belt. Because I'm going to tell you, that's not, listen, that's not the same as uh, the kid that wore white gloves when you grew up. You remember those guys? Everybody remembers those guys. Any kid that was wearing white hockey gloves. You're just defending kid, the white belt because you have one, don't you? I do have one. And I and I rock it <laughs> next, with confidence. Next, yeah, with confidence. Of no, course man. you do. I, of course you do. I'm sure no way. with confidence. No. I have I have uh, I have a buddy that he's literally like the fashion police. He oh, no. um he does he have the matching outfits that come in the package? He listen a lot I mean, of pastels, I'll, I bet, in your golf. I'll group, give it right? to him. Yeah, there's a lot of pastels. A lot of pastels in your golf yeah. group. But I have uh I have that one friend who's like the fashion police that if you are not wearing the uh, certain color socks to the belt to you know your your shirt uh you know is not matching quite the same you know navy that's in the in the shorts like there's this guy is like a serious uh fashion guy to to go um, out he and, keeps and me pretty hit often. the ball with a maximum of four people that you know the only people that see it for about four or five hours i don't get it yeah wear jean shirts jean shorts and a tank top i mean what's it really matter sorry sorry i'm shitting on your buddies i apologize well i'll tell you i this. just i just i, I you hope. know what you know what my problem is with golf let me just say this like it just i'll tell you listening to people talk about their golf score is it's like it's the same as a guy talking about his men's league stats you know, like I'm okay. Like I'm not. I'm not that impressed. You, you know, you shot, shot two over. Play the yeah. same club every fucking day. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, my my golf score in the last three years has gone up like you know you're inflating helium into it a balloon. Um, it is just it is moving and grooving on the up, and uh, I used to be actually very good. Um, not afraid to say that I had a really good game. Um, and now, and, and, and three years ago, three years ago, I was a four. Now I am 11.2 and I, and for anybody who under, who plays the game of golf, who has a handicap and all that kind of stuff, who plays regularly, you have, you, you understand that going from a four to an 11, I can't even tell you how about how bad you have to play. So now I'm at the point PD in, in my uh, young life that I need to change some things away from the, away from the match. Okay. Haven't lifted a weight in 10 years. Haven't literally gone for a run or a bike ride or been on a stationary bike. And I don't even know how long, Bought a Peloton, I know you did. Bought a Bel Peloton, sickest bike ever, man. Like the, the lady friends that are on the on the screen riding and stuff like that, crush three rides like nobody's business. I saw, uh, and then do they have it. like an actual like cycling seat on it? Yes. So I saw some. You have, the no, other you have cycling I shoes too. Like I have cycling shoes, oh cycling seat. God. That's another. It's um, another one of my pet peeves when you're whipping down the road on a Saturday and you've got a fucking Peloton you got to slow down for. And I don't mean the stationary bikes in your living room. 
talking about a whole group of goddamn cyclists with sponsors on their shirts that are they're going 100 miles for breakfast. That's that's serious. You're you're acting like you're acting like the grumpy guy like I am me. Not like you call guy. me grumpy all the time. Just this look at that grumpy. and say, you know what? Good this for is, you, man. This is Good just for you for listen, being out there. Craig, Craig. You're you know going to give I, shit to a guy who's got a couple uh uh, advertisement patches on his uh, shirt or whatever, riding a a bike. <laughs> they got a banana. <laughs> they got a banana <laughs> going from their sack to their back. <laughs> and <laughs> while, while they're wearing some of the tightest shorts that you need pliers to get them off. <laughs> it's aerodynamic. You want to be moving. You don't. You don't want a, a a flimsy shirt. It's taking the speed away. Uh, taking the. Speed I praise away. that person so, get, so that when you get back to the office on Monday, you can say, "Went for went for a seventy three mile rip. Did it in about three and a half hours. Had all my crew with me. I'm just being a dick. I'm just screwing around. Yeah. Good so to end them. this uh, ridiculous conversation, I'm just gonna say I hope that the acquaintance. Who texts me at 1037 yesterday, asked me to play a round of golf. And then when I respond four hours later, because I actually have a life and I'm very busy, I get booted. Poor etiquette, man. Poor etiquette. And he probably listens to the pod, eh? He's probably a listener. I, I would say that he's probably a listener. And I'm going to say shame on you. Well, if he is a listener, well, I'll just say this. I, I, if he's a pro athlete, his tea time should be later because he should be getting out of the gym a little later. Just saying. It's a fucking Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> next topic. I was watching the NHL Network today and some notable dates around the NHL. The NHL Global Series. Did you know that the Coyotes and the Kings are playing in Australia this year? Um, me neither. I did not know that, but that that is a really long ways away. <laughs> like, how long is that uh, flight? I, I I don't know. I know people that have been to Australia. I gotta say, it's probably uh, twenty four hours travel. Get up 20 hours. I think I recently looked it up. I think it is 20 hours. It's like 20 um, hours or something. So, so September let's just say, let's say they're going to Sydney. Um, you're 20 Melbourne. They're going to Melbourne. I'm sure there's not much of a difference. Okay. It's yes, yes, it is. It's a huge difference. It's is it like really a huge difference? 40, 45 minutes. <laughs> so it's 21 hours and 45, 45 minutes minute of flight. a 20 hour flight is not. A big difference. It's like going from here to Detroit. Man, I I I I just wonder to myself um, what that does to the players' bodies, travel-wise. Playing those games, probably a short period of time. Flying back, I would think that that would take some. Uh, a, a bit of uh, a physical, maybe mental toll on the players a little bit. I think it would be. I, I think it would be incredible. I'd be all for it if I was a player. 
I remember when the NHL started doing this, the first time I ever heard about it, the Sabres, coincidentally enough, went to Austria, I think, in 1998 I to do training camp. I don't know if they played. Really? Yeah, because that was the year I was drafted. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to Austria for training camp. Meanwhile, they're only bringing, they're only bringing the big dogs and a, and a few of the, the top extras. But so I didn't even get a full real training camp until the next year because the Sabres were in Austria. But... But in, I think, it, I can't remember when they started doing this, but in, it was 06, 07 season because Drury and Briere were still on the team and I was the player rep. And I remember during our playoff run, which I wasn't even playing in, I had to hold an NHLPA meeting. Could you imagine if Lindy Ruff and Darcy Regeer caught wind that I had to hold a five-second NHLPA meeting in the middle of a fucking playoff run to ask the players if they would be interested in going to Finland next year to start the season. And I, I mean, guys were like, no, no. Drury was like, no, no, Briere, no. The guys were absolutely not. So I don't know how they get these. Well, what what these is teams. your feeling on that? What if, if you were in a room and um, you had the opportunity to go to, let's just say Finland, Sweden, Switzerland. I wanted to go. Okay. But yeah. I didn't say that. Because well, why? Soon, because enough players had already said no. They just they didn't want it. The older players did not want it. And I wasn't about to say, wait a minute. Whoa. And it had nothing to do with position on the team. It was just simply this is a this is a dead issue. So so and, you just followed is basically what you're telling me. No, I basically that's got, exactly what you, I was you asked. Older to get players, a feel. I Chris Jury, right? Who probably? I mean, I thought when he said that. Actually, I was like, Drew's definitely coming back. I don't remember him thinking. I don't really give a shit. I'm not going to be here. I think it's an experience that um, is special if you have an opportunity to go over and play overseas and you're going to be over there for a week and let's just say play two games, I think that would be an experience that you would remember for the rest of your life. And in November, the Red Wings and Senators are in Stockholm. And I think the Leafs are too. Red Wings and Senators are in Stockholm. Remember when the... uh, November 17th, Maple yeah. Leafs, Red Wings in Stockholm, Sweden Stockholm. is absolutely breathtaking. The Wild are going there too. So Leafs, Red Wings, Wild, and Senators are all going to Stockholm. What? This is so stupid. But why? Why is it stupid? Why do we give a shit about playing in Sweden? League's never going to be in Sweden. Everyone talks about having the league overseas you could have an nhl europe have an nhl europe like but should have nothing to do with north america do you ever think there there will be a team in europe makes could no you, sense with the time could change. you see could you see a division being in europe I don't know. 
what are we talking? I'll tell you what I would like to see. I'd love to see like the the champions of all the leagues come together and play. It would be amazing, Inclu- including see, see, the NHL. Yeah, see the KHL play like a summit series against the Stanley Cup champs. Yeah, the top team in uh, Finland, the top team in Sweden, the top team in Swiss Switzerland. Call that the, the World team. Cup. That would be that would be awesome, because I think you would be really really surprised. I think you would be really surprised. Now, the best players in the world are playing in the NHL. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not denying that. I'm not saying. Um, I'm not saying that these other leagues are going to go and come in and and you know dominate the NHL. No. I'm saying they're going to be able to compete with the NHL. There are a lot of, a lot of very, very, very good players that are not playing in the NHL. There are players that choose not to come to the NHL to play because they're happy playing in their home country where they've grown up their entire lives. They get paid great money and they're able to, you know, be with their family, their friends, bring their kids up in their home land environment. And that means something to a lot of players. Do you agree? hundred percent. Like when you were, you were over. So for me in 2004 in the NHL lockout. So this was like, this is almost freaking 20 years ago, man. But when I went over there and I played in Finland, I played in the Finnish elite league. So I played for Turku, who was kind of Turku was kind of like the Montreal Canadians of the NHL. They've won more cups over in the Finnish elite league than any other team in, in the history of the league. So it was kind of like the Montreal Canadians. Um, I was, I was absolutely, and I mean, absolutely shocked. I was number one. I was shocked how they train. I was shocked with the level of skill that, is in on the team that I played with and and in the entire league I was shocked with how the Finns were coached and the um yeah but okay so hold on like if you, not, if not you were a first like... round draft pick we had we had a kid on our team who was a first round draft pick to the New York Rangers he was 18 years old he barely played and I, I went to Saku Koivu and I said, can you, can you tell me why this kid is not playing? And he basically just said, because he's young. I said, okay, he's literally one of the best players on our team. He goes, it doesn't matter over here. The young players need to respect the system and how we do things. It's a pecking order. Um, the, 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 the older players have put their time in and effort, which again, over here in the United States, in Canada, I mean, if you're a superstar, you're going to be put on a pedestal and you're going to play well over there, there's a respect factor and these kids work their ass off. They don't play a whole lot in the game, but they, they practice and train 
Like I, I can't even tell you. So when they're, they're still continuing to improve and get better, that's why there's so many Finns that come over to play like Sebastian Ajo, Barkov, all these elite Finnish players. They're respectful. They're super crazy respectful. Do you think that those teams could actually compete against the Stanley Cup champions? I would on the big ice. On the big ice, there might be there might be a bit of a difference. On the small ice, I don't. I think it's it's, it's too much of an adjustment for teams that have been playing on the big ice. I think. I think in today's game, I think you would be very, very, very shocked that those those elite top teams in each league, I think they, they would be able to compete with the NHL. I really do believe that. There is so much talent. Like, in, in, and, and again, this is 20 years ago, okay? In 2004, when I was working at the one end of the ice with the defensemen, the defensemen in Finland, the defensemen on my team had better skill and better hands than, than I would say three quarters of my team in Montreal. So they get on the ice over there. What is the very first thing in North America, Canada, United States, you go on for practice. What do you do? Think, tell me what you, because you coached before, you were a player before. What happens immediately once you jump on the ice in North American practice? What do you do? What happens? Skate around in a circle for like. Skate around. What do you mean in a circle? Just you jump on the ice and you go counterclockwise of all directions. Counterclockwise. Doing what? Uh, just shooting pucks and do an empty net every now and then. Yeah, you pucks, shoot a puck around. and then you skate all the way down the ice. You grab another puck and then what do you do? Go back down the other way and just kind of shoot the puck again. So you just go in around in a circle for probably yeah. what? 15, 15 minutes before practice? Depends on how long Lindy talks to Vanek. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I remember, you get what I'm saying. Hold on. Squirrel moment. I remember there was one day before practice where we were doing exactly what you said. And Lindy and Thomas Vanek had a 20-minute conversation. I almost feel like Lindy did it so the media would catch wind of it. What were you getting at? So my point is this. And and this is this is the difference between the training aspects of European hockey and the training aspects of North American hockey. North American hockey, we jump on the ice every single solitary practice. You grab a puck, you shoot it on net. You pick up another puck and you just skate all the way down the ice in a straight line and you rip another puck bar down. Then you pick up a puck. And you skate all the way down the ice and you rip another puck bar down. And you just continue to do this as you're talking to your buddies. Okay. And over in, over in Finland, Sweden, all, all the European countries, they're not allowed to shoot pucks. Do you know that? 
every single practice that we got on the ice, there was not one person that shot a puck. Not one single person shot a puck. You know what they're doing? They would grab three pucks, stationary, and they stick handled. Moving, popping the puck, toe drags, just quick hands, like putting it through the, you know, there, you might have a partner where he's just kind of standing there and he's dangling through the skates and they do this every single day, every single day. So think about it over the course of an entire season where you're skating a hundred times in practice. We, we over here get on the ice, step on the ice and just rip pucks, skate down the ice, rip a puck, skate down the ice, rip a puck. And over there, they're, they're doing, they're doing stick handling and their hands are phenomenal. I mean, absolutely drop dead. Amazing. Their defense that I told you the defense on my team, all six defense. Okay. I was number seven when I showed up, all six defense had better hands than three quarters of my team in Montreal. And when you left. Were you the eighth defenseman? <laughs> Man, I'm going to tell you these 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 kids, <laughs> these kids. Oh, you were the ninth defenseman. Listen, the, these kids. There was there was probably three of the six defensemen that were on my team in Turku in 2004. Easily could have played in the NHL. Shit. Easily could have played so what in you're the telling NHL. Me is you were the tenth defenseman, and I was probably the sixth. <laughs> I acted like I was number one and <laughs> I, I was you did. I came down you to did. skating skills, puck moving ability. I was number six I when it came you, to, you must've been in the greatest mood every single day that you were over there because you weren't in the NHL. <laughs> yeah. Well, I lost, listen, I, here's the thing. Um, I played, I played uh, 16 years in the NHL. Okay. Never lost a tooth. I played 38 games in Finland and lost three teeth. Because they, there was some tough guy. Do you remember Roman Volpot? Do you know why I know Roman Volpot's name? No. He was involved in the Gretzky trade. All right. No one ever said at your lunch table or on your team or anything anywhere. You know, like that's as good a trade as Gretzky for Volpot. If you, you've never, yeah. heard, you've never heard that. No. So Roman Volpot played for St. Louis, L.A. Kings. He played for Philadelphia Flyers, Chicago Blackhawks. Then in in two thousand four, two thousand five, when I played against him in the Finnish Elite League, he had a hundred and thirty penalty minutes in thirty nine games. And he was a big, big man. Like he was, was he pretty tough? I don't like, I don't remember seeing him fight a whole lot, but he was a bit, you remember Sammy Hulanus? No. You don't remember Sammy Hulanus? He was like 6'6", 230, 40 pound defenseman. He was over there too. Very, very, very tough guy. Anyway, um, I lost three teeth over there because they were as scared as balls when there was a scrum and, uh, you know, the, the bigger 
tougher guys kind of came into the pile, they were as scared as all, all bejesus. And, uh, I got a stick right in the mouth, lost three teeth in 38 games over there. And all the years in the NHL, I, I didn't lose two. So got that in my brain. All right, moving on. Okay. So other notable dates, cause these are just ripping along the ticker and these, this might be the last one. I hope this is the last one. Uh, discover NHL winter classic is back. Do you know who's playing in that one? See how up to date you are with what's going on around the league. You know who's playing in the Winter Classic? Where is it? I can't tell you that. <laughs> New Jersey. Uh, no, it's in Seattle. Seattle. So, so Seattle's playing. Yeah, good one. Who do you think they're playing? Seattle is going to play Vancouver. That would be Edmonton. It's a great guess. No. Calgary. One more. No, one more. Winnipeg. <laughs> one more. Seattle is going to play. LA Kings. <laughs> LA is already going over to Australia. I don't think they're going to be. Okay. Seattle's um... going to play. Someone in the West, correct? <laughs> Obviously, Seattle's going to play. So I picked Vancouver, Edmonton, Pick, yeah, Calgary, Calgary, Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Minnesota. Nope. San Jose. Nope. Pacific Division. You're getting Arizona. closer. <laughs> nope. Dallas. Pacific Division. Dallas in the Pacific Division. Can't um, look it up. I, I think when you look to your right, I know that you're on the other computer. You I am going to look up Vegas. In, Vegas. Is it? Oh, that's a good one. Okay. That's Stanley not Cup a bad champs. one. Stanley Cup champs. That's not. If I were to ask you. Where the All-Star game is this year, would you know? The All-Star game is going to be... Okay. Is it hot? Someplace hot? No, it's not someplace. Toronto! There you go. Yeah, you got that one. Uh, waiting to see if there are any other notable dates coming. Oh, Who oh, in the hell hold, wants to go on. to Toronto for an hold All-Star on. game? Hold on. That is... Hold last on. year, they went to Florida. Last hold year, on. they went to Florida. They're shooting saucer think, passes I on the Toronto's beach. A I think Toronto's a great place. Oh my God, you're on drugs, man! No, I think Toronto. Toronto's For the players are the favorite fans. cities in the world. Toronto is one of my favorite. You know, someone asked me where'd you used to love to go on the road, and I would say, it's, amazingly enough, I grew up in St. Catharines. I used to go to Toronto all the time when I was in my twenties, and I still say Toronto. I absolutely love Toronto. I love the city of Toronto. Say what you want about Leaf fans. Say what you Harbor want about sixty. Leaf. It says Harbor nothing. 60, but wasn't even Harbor 60. I mean, the oh, restaurant, like I, I didn't, didn't mind it. I've been, I, I ate at Harbor 60, probably uh, 75% of all the times I ate in, in Toronto. Oh, it was right around the corner from so our many, hotel. There are so many good restaurants in Toronto. NHL stadium series coming back again. What the hell is that? More <laughs> outdoor games. It's just another way to jam revenue. Tired of the stadium series. We can do without those. Yep. 
Um, what else do we have here? Any note? Any other notable dates? Uh, more stadium series games. Rangers Islanders. How about this? When's Price, the Sabers' Price, first stadium. game this year? That's all I care about, man. When's what? The Sabers' first game this year. It October is uh, against the Rangers, yeah. October twelfth at home. Yeah, so I was looking. Um, I was looking the other day, and uh, any pressure on the Sabers, knowing that their their month of October they have nine games, six of them are at home, three are on the road. Is there pressure? Yeah, there's pressure. When I say pressure, is it? more pressure because you have six home games like you need to capitalize they were not great last year um you think the players let me ask you this when you talk about the start of a season and you talk about pressure do you think the players are confident in their goaltending do you know what makes a team tick more than anything is knowing that when you look back at your net you've got a goddamn stud in there when we look back at Ryan Miller, didn't matter. Yeah, sometimes he'd get burned. Then I also play with Berdur, and that's just a whole different feeling. But do you think that when the players look at their team and they're like, man, we were so close last year, and then they look at their goaltending situation and the unknown of it, I'm not saying the goaltenders aren't capable. I'm saying that they're unknown, and that is your backbone. Your goaltending is the backbone of your team. It's the foundation. And if you have good goaltending, you think if the... you have great goaltending, you have a chance every single night. And the reason is because the team in front of you has more confidence. Period. Okay. Do you think that the players on this team saw enough from Devin Levi that there is a really calming influence that that young man don't let's just take out the, the youthful side of things and look at the person and the preparation and how he played. Do you think that this team and the players, and I'm not talking about what they're saying to the media, they got to say what they have to say, but I'm talking about deep down inside. Do you think that they've, they, they think to themselves, yeah, I think we have something special here. Yes, but I also think that if these players have been in the league long enough, which some of them have and some of them haven't, they know that having something special doesn't necessarily equate to what you need it to when you need it to right off the bat. Having something special in this league means that in the future, you're going to have a really good goaltender in net. Do you know how many games the Sabres had in October last year? Start their season? Um, Nine. Mm-hmm. What was their record in the first nine games of the season last year? Do you remember? Six and three or five and four? Six and three. Yeah. Then Samuelson got hurt on that road trip in Vancouver. Okay. And then they went on a bit of a shit streak. Yeah. Um they went uh they went um they beat Ottawa 4-1, Florida lost, B 
beat Edmonton, Calgary, and Vancouver. Then uh, had a had a terrible game in Seattle, if you remember that. They lost uh, 5-1, but understandable, long road trip, stuff like that. They lost to uh, they lost to Montreal at home three to two. That one hurt for me. I I, I think that th- those are the ones when you look back, you need to be able to beat the Montreal Canadiens. Okay, one of the worst teams in the league. They beat Chicago and then they beat uh, Detroit Red Wings a three. They had a pretty good uh, they had a pretty good start to the season. Six and three is no joke. That's pretty that's pretty solid. Then they lost eight in a row. Somewhere in there they lost eight in a row. Yeah, you didn't have to go there. Well, that's the reality of it. Well, they beat Pittsburgh in the first game in November. Okay. 6-3, boom shakalaka. And then went for a shitstorm. Eight in a row. Yeah, it was not good. But um, a good start's always good. You know, I don't... I, I You know, here's the greatest thing, you know, and you you were in the dressing room when we talked about these things. You know, great teams find ways to win, even when they're not playing their best, because usually great teams play consistent. They're a strong team each and every night, but there's there's games where um, things are off. The legs might be uh, a little bit. You might have dead leg, um, but you need to find ways to win hockey games. And I remember playing. I've I've played on both spectrums of I've never really played on a bottom team like like kind of like the Sabres have for a number of years, but I've always played on middle teams that are, that are fighting for playoff spot, or I've played on top end teams. Like when I was with the sharks, I mean, we had the most wins in the league that year and we're second in the entire league in points. That being said, when I think back to that San Jose team, the philosophy was never lose two games in a row. Great teams just have ability to um, find ways to win is what it's all about. And I, I, I think the Sabres are, have learned a lot. They have a very young team, yes, but they're maturing. They're getting older. You can't continue to use, oh, we're going through a, you know, a transition because we're still young, we're still this. There's got to be a point when those young players – make strides and find out and figure out how to not have uh, a stint in your season where you lose eight games in a row. Right. I think there was another one later in the year where they lost. They had a tough bit of a tough stretch and it might've cost them as well. But listen, I'm not dwelling. You asked me the question. Eight game losing streak costs you a season. There's only 82 games. That's like, you know, 10% of your games almost you lost in a streak, which is pretty crazy. So I don't know to answer your question. When you say do the players think they have something special, some I think some of these players might be nervous for Devin Levi. Man, I don't know about that. I think there's a flair to this young man. And I think when you, you know, you and I and 99% of the fans do not get to watch who Devin Levi is as a person, how he treats his body. Okay. Because we all know that NHL players treat their body differently. 
you have some Frank the Tanks, and then you have some guys that literally, um, a player like Ryan Miller back in the day who had his personal chef. He only ate certain foods. He treated his body like a temple, and he played always to the maximum ability because he was always, always, always treating his body like a machine and and fueling it properly and taking care of himself. And I think from what I have heard that Devin Levi is, is very much cut from the same cloth as, as a Ryan Miller and the way that he prepares himself, even though he's a very young hockey player, he prepares himself like the best he can be. And I'm not saying that Devin Levi is not going to have some ups and downs in his first full NHL season. But I will say this, that I think that there's a lot of players on this team that has watched from afar how Devin Levi conducts himself on a daily basis on the ice, in the gym, and away from the rink. And I think these players, when you think... That'll be the difference in his in his performance and his development and everything. But I'm talk. Are you talking about next year, Craig? Yes, yes, I am. That's that's how there are people. There are fans out here that still want a like. Someone asked us about uh, John Gibson. Someone asked us about Connor Hellebuck recently. Listen, like I mean, if you want, want Connor Hellebuck and you're going to have to pay him nine and a half fucking million dollars, yeah, that does I, not I, bode I, well I, for your salary that, cap. That, that, but it doesn't mean that you can't go and find a veteran goalie. Or is that what Eric Comrie is supposed to be? I'm not against that either, by the way. Everyone has written Comrie off, which I think is a massive mistake. I think it's Comrie massive- comes in and competes. And he absolutely full out earns the position to be one of there'll the be two a, goaltenders. No, there'll be there'll, be, be, there'll be a fucking uproar if if Eric Comrie wins the starting job on opening night. Be an uproar because Why? people are going to no, 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 no. Why would you say that? Are you sick? What do you mean? Why would I say that? If the Sabers don't start the season with Devin Levi or UPL and Eric Comrie's in that, this fan base. It and could media. be the greatest thing ever if Eric Pomery comes in and solidifies the number one position right from the get-go. That means that he was pretty special throughout camp and his exhibition games. You okay? He was good and last you want year. He, he don't was you good want last year? Okay, he but was don't good you, last well, year. no, no, no. He was like a yo-yo, just like all the goaltenders. Okay, he well, was great, okay, and then all okay. of a sudden he was he a was shit like storm, a yo-yo. And then all of a he was like a yo-yo. Tell me when he had a string of consistency of games. Tell me when he had a twenty-five game stretch where he was the guy for nineteen of them. You didn't. So you tell me how there's supposed to be any kind of uh, foundation and net with a. With a rotation like that, I would be giving Eric Comrie that. If he is here and he plays well in training camp, he doesn't have to steal the job. He's a veteran goalie in this league. The other two guys, no, wait. You wait until that guy loses the job. Then you have Um, carte blanche to run with him. Well, I'm not sure I kind of see eye to eye with that. I know that uh, Comrie 
Comrie's a really solid goaltender. Is he a number one goaltender? He's never been a number one goaltender in this league. Okay. He's not, he's not 22. He's 28, which is, which is actually a very respectable age for a goaltender. That's probably close to his prime. Eric Comrie is going to have the ability to come into camp and show that he is capable of taking this team to the next level. He'll have the ability to take over a number one position. But so will Ukapekalukanen, uh, and so will Devin Levi. Devin Levi right now, I would think, is kind of put in a pedestal just above both those other two guys. They want Devin Levi to succeed. They want him to be that next generational goaltender like a Ryan Miller. And they're going to give him the opportunity to show what he can do in front of this team. I don't know what they're going to do with the three goaltenders. Is it both Eric Comrie? I I think there's one constant that we can say in this, that Devin Levi is going to be one of the goaltenders next year. That's, that's 100%. Do you know who's going to be his partner or backup, whichever one you want to say? Is it going to be Comrie? Is it going to be Ukapekalukin? Or could it be someone else? And that will just play itself out. That will play itself out. If Kevin Adams does not like what he sees from either Comrie or Uka Pekalukin, and he feels that that is going to be um, an area that is going to hurt this team, he will go and make a change. There is no question about it. Because he cannot go into a season with a rookie goaltender and say, I'm putting all of my eggs in this basket. He's going to need a support to Devin Levi. We just don't know who that's going to be yet. That's going to be played out. Yeah. And there's no panic. There's no panic whatsoever. Chalk this up to another goalie conversation. It'll be one of many between now and the start of the season. I just hope but, we don't see that three goaltender rotation thing again. I think that that is just completely hogwash when it comes to the respect factor for these goaltenders. I'm sure if you were to ask Anderson and Uka Pekalukinen and Comrie, how they like that idea. And at the end of the year, you bring in Devin Levi and you play him, what, the last seven or how how many games he played at the end of the season? I'm sure there wasn't a whole lot of happy goaltenders sitting there watching, sharing the net in practice, all that kind of stuff. But it will be, uh, it will be uh, played out. There's a, and, and, and that's always a good thing. It's always a good thing. Kevin Adams likes the idea of competition. You're not given something. You got to come and earn it. This is the NHL. It's the best league in the world. Come and earn your position. Buka Pekalukinen thinks that he's think, as good or better sorry, than I'm Devin sorry. Levi. He's got to go and compete for it. I'm sorry, but um, competition doesn't outweigh hype. And there's a lot of hype around Devin Levi. There's, they have already made jerseys. The people are buying jerseys. It's just, it's incredible that this kid has played what five games, five, seven, seven, seven games. games, seven games. There will be an uproar. Mark my words. Mark my words. If he's not the starting goalie opening night, earned or not, 
Hmm. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator76. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.